0: Welcome to the
1: Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
0: Hello, everybody. Now, look, before we get started today, I must tell you, that support for this podcast comes from Sendle, the door-to-door parcel delivery service that's cheaper than the post office. Head to sendle.com forward slash flying solo to get free Sendle premium worth $120 a year and you'll get an extra dollar off every parcel you send. And a reminder, if you're listening via iTunes, we'd love you to post a brief review of the show and of course we welcome comments and discussion on Facebook or via the page this show has on Flying Solo. Now, my guest today is Libby O'Sullivan from Glow Physio, the winner of Flying Solo's recent Service Star Award. So, massive congratulations, Libby, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Robert.
0: Okay, it's a pleasure. Now, look, so look, I thought just, look, to get us started, you won the uh, the Service Star Award in our Flying Solo Awards. And yes. uh, I must say that your entry, it just kind of blew us all away because so many examples of of, uh, really exceptional customer service. And I I would love, if that's okay with you, to kind of delve a little bit under the hood of your customer service strategy, if you have such a thing. Sure. And uh, find out a little bit about what makes you tick. So firstly, why don't we just start off by um, getting you to, just give us a bit of a snapshot of your business. Uh, What is it? What do you do? Who do you serve? Just a quick little summary.
1: So um, I I run a, a mobile physio business, Exclusively exclusively for women. So I see um, women in their homes for physio, massage, and Pilates. Um, it's I, I've got two young kids, so I, it's a sort of a part time business that I'm slowly growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my prime goal really is to to give these women access to services at a time that they really need it.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'm going to just let me just dive in there for a second. Let me uh, sure. quiz you on a couple of things if I can. So two, two sort of oh, a couple of key points there. Firstly, that your business very much is, is, is built around your lifestyle. You've got two young boys. What mm. ages are your boys?
1: There were 15 months and three.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Very very (laughs) little. Okay. So, you very much, by the sounds of it, designed your business around your own lifestyle. So, something that can work for you, as you say, on a sort of semi-part-time basis. Um, I'm intrigued. I'd just like to question you straight away. Why women only and why mobile?
1: Um, I guess I've come from working in clinics, private practice for 10 years, and I'd seen a lot of women who just were struggling to get access to to physio, particularly mums with young kids, they just couldn't either have didn't have the confidence to make appointments around their bub schedules, mm, or okay. um, you know struggled. They might get into an appointment, but I had a couple actually leave halfway through, or oh, okay. struggle to follow up because they couldn't, you know again, make the time for themselves. So, I saw a need for it. Um, once I had my second, he was a couple of months old, I'd, I'd had the idea and I thought, you know, I saw, it, this. I saw it even more clearly. Yeah. And I, I guess, I don't know if it was a, a hormonal <laughs> motivation, but I was <laughs> I was just really eager to get started. So, I, I thought, you know, this is a perfect kind of low risk, but um, really flexible business model for me to just give a go I, I won't know till I try it
0: yeah okay so this was how long how long ago did, was it that you actually started
1: it was, it's almost a year so oh, okay. a, a year next month yep so my youngest was two months old when I decided to start and I I sort of launched when he was about four months old
0: hmm. it's interesting because you know I've been doing some um, some research recently on the whole kind of startup space mm-hmm. and um, and you know your business and again you you may or may not think of yourself in startup terms but uh, it's interesting, when you look at businesses that work and those that don't work, um, the ones that don't are, perhaps not surprisingly, are the ones that basically aren't, um, uh, they, they don't actually have a market for their service, which you think, duh, that's a pretty sure. basic thing. But um, clearly with yours, you were, A, you were sort of in that situation yourself, mm. you had a really clear sort of uh, understanding of the kind of confines and the um, the challenges for young mums particularly mm. as you say you can't you know when you need a physio you, you, you kind of don't know in advance sometimes that you That's need right. a physio, yeah. physio yeah. and then you've got a child and you've got a pram and you've got so uh, you know I love the way you kind of started that so you're a year into it now how's it going for you
1: it's it's going really well yeah it's growing really nicely um uh, uh, most of my my business growth has come from word of mouth referrals so um, which is, I think, pretty natural in a business that's very um, personal. Mm. I guess it's you know you, you you form really close relationships with people, and and it's pretty normal if they're happy with with you to to send their friends. So it's grown really naturally, and and um, I guess has proven to be a really wonderful model for my lifestyle because I can manage. It. I have so much control over my schedule.
0: Mm okay let me just let's look at this whole customer service thing. So hmm. you know what what do you think it what do you think it takes to give a really good service? I mean it seems to me that often when we hear any discussion about customer service it's because people are kind of criticizing it. Yeah. So yeah, that's you know true. what does it what does it take do you think to give a good service? What 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 makes it so easy for you?
1: I think in particularly in my field I think um, it's just, it all comes down to communication. It's making sure each, I, I really try to focus on doing the best job I can with each client. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes down to, you know, really making sure I communicate our plan in a session. I follow them up really well. I make sure they've got access to me via email and they can, they know they can always ask questions or if there's any issues, they can, you know, give me a call. I think just making myself available is is probably one of the most important things, and then just um, keeping yeah keeping that that information flowing as well. I try to I, I do a monthly newsletter email newsletter, and I just try to keep them all in the loop and give mm-hmm. them information that's relevant to them. And I just make it really about them. I let them kind of guide, I guess what um, what information I provide, but also how I change my service I've sort of tweaked it as I go I've, I think that's pretty normal but mm. yeah to direct it more to to them and to make it as suitable to that sort of market as possible yeah
0: and I'm I, it's probably worth noting that we we were going to be talking last week and then you sent me a note um, <laughs> you know a couple of hours beforehand saying yikes you know I've got a I've I have a, a customer who's in pain I have to go to her and i I, I like who's going to say no to that? I yes. it, it, it was wonderful, and, and I'm sure that hopefully there's not too much of of that sort of stuff. But I mean, when you say that you give then your customers the um, a sort of you know, have a very uh, open door sounds like such the wrong expression, but anyway, yeah, no, but I know what you but, mean. You know, you yep. have such an accessible um, kind of approach to things. Do you find does anybody misuse that? I mean, what's your experience? Because I know that a lot of practitioners in all sorts of industries mm. to go, oh, no, 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 I don't want that. Mm. But um, what's your experience of that?
1: I think, look, I think there's potential for that. But I think on the whole, um, people are really respectful. I think because they are dealing with me on a, in a one-on-one basis and they know my life, they know I've got young kids, they know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm busy, I guess, like we all are. But I think people are generally very respectful. I've, I've, mm. I don't get – I mean, I won't answer the phone after a certain – time you know that that's kind of I think to be expected I do have business hours but I do find myself writing emails quite late at night if I've remembered something or I'm responding to something that I haven't um, got to that day I think I think um, people generally I just they know I'm there they don't always you know need to contact me but yep. I think just the knowing I'm there is is the probably the the key
0: yeah look, I, I think that's such a great point and I remember when uh, when I was working sort of uh, full time in a in a coaching business, um, mm. I would off- I would always say you know you can contact me twenty four seven and frankly no one ever did
1: no that's oh, very right very
0: rarely but it's it's the reassurance knowing yeah. that you can and I'm sure that I'm sure people do and I'm sure just through the nature of your work uh, you know as happened um, right. recently you know someone has an issue that crops up so how do you how do you and indeed do you in any way sort of measure the results of your service or is it is it purely this just word of mouth is that how you kind of n- um, see well, it well
1: i mean i i you know you mean in terms of growth yeah yeah i have um a sort of a new client form that gets filled out by each person that that indicates where they indicate how they were referred to the business so okay. i keep track of that in a patient management software sort of system um, so I can I can keep an eye on how where my referrals are coming from and that's you know how I know so many have come from word of mouth um, and then I just I've just got numbers I'm a bit of a spreadsheet fiend All right so <laughs> I've got you know a spreadsheet for everything um, so I can see how numbers are changing
0: over okay. over the course and, of a month to month and tell me do you think of yourself as a, as a, a taller sort of marketing type person?
1: Uh, it's definitely not my what I've been trained in, um, right. but I've always been really curious and I guess fascinated. Um, having worked in small business, a lot of small businesses, because that's what you know physio private practices normally are. Mm. Um, I've always just been so interested in what works, what I think works, what I think doesn't work, why, um, what they could be doing better. You know, it's just the way I've always analysed. Um, private practice. So Isn't I that think-
0: lovely? I, I just think that word curious is such a good word. It's such a yeah. lo- I love. You know, it's so often um, I talk to people that respond in a similar way to you that mm, no, no, I'm not really a marketing person. But if you've got that curiosity and you want to mm-hmm. understand what works and you like people in the way that you do and want to help people in the way that you do, you're kind of turning yourself into a marketing person without even realizing it.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's a natural part of um, any business, obviously. But I think in health, particularly, we're not generally great business people from the get-go. It's something that we're mm. not, um, we're drawn to health because of, um, you know, normally a desire to help people, um, you know, service the community, whatever it might be. And we don't see ourselves as salespeople as such. Mm. And that's a kind Very of a, true. a skill that is is kind of has to be learned or, and you have to want to learn it and see the importance for it. And that's um, still, still a challenge, but it's something that I am really interested in, and I find, yeah, I, I, I find fascinating. I always have. It's, it's funny. Mm.
0: And tell me, you're so right as well. And, and I've, I've s- spent a fair bit of time with a number of practitioners, mm. and f- uh, for a number of them, the whole kind of language thing can be a bit of an issue. They can get a bit tied up in mm. the sort of expertise kind of language, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily the stuff that people want to hear. How do you, how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting one, actually. I think that we understand a lot more now about um, the importance of how we communicate with patients, and that's from a you know pain point of view and how it affects their pain. You know, if we're if we're describing things in a really clinical or um, a way that might induce fear, that that can be really detrimental. But on top of that, I think just communicating in in general. Um, about sort of educating them about their their issue and our service and how that they get the most out of it and all of that it's got to be in their language mm. it's got to be something that they can relate to and and i i i probably that's something I've always done from the start I think I just I, I don't think people respond people aren't impressed by us knowing big terms no. that's not know, yeah, that's, that's not so true that impressive.
0: which is so annoying when you spend so many years studying and you think yeah well, you you wanna, know, you I know all, all this stuff yes. <laughs> yeah I think you're right and I, I often think it's you know the uh, the at the outset what we need to do is build a relationship have mm. people kind of come into our world and then we can drop in a few long words that's right you know because then they respect it and understand it but if we start with that it's just it's kind of it's repellent almost isn't It puts it? a
1: barrier yeah I yeah. think it does it makes it sort of you know them yeah. and us and a bit kind of um it, it creates a kind of a, a bit of a power um dynamic I mm. think so
0: and tell me where does or, or indeed does your sort of um I'll call it love of people rather than keep talking about customer service but your yeah. desire to serve your desire to support where does that come from can you trace it back anywhere is it a family thing is it
1: um yeah I I don't know to be honest I think I wouldn't have I, I definitely went into physio because I I wanted to help people and I knew I liked people I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert but I but in fact I'm definitely not an extrovert um so I think it was something that I I became better at um through my sort of early 20s I, you know just talking to people and I used to feel really um energized after a session with with someone where I'd got my point across and I'd made a difference. And I think I think it probably started once I started studying. I don't think yeah, it okay. really started before then.
0: So what was your first ever job?
1: Uh, in physio or?
0: No, just in life.
1: Ice cream shop.
0: Oh, well, there you go. There's some customer service right away. I mean, you've got people coming to buy something they really want. It's not like working behind the counter in a dentist, is it? No, that's right. <laughs> okay. It's a pretty easy sell. Yeah, well, that's true. It's interesting. My my son's first job is working in a, a beachside cafe, and I think, you lucky little Oh, son. that sounds awful. <laughs> oh, oh, it's terrible. Um, okay, so now... Clearly, you have, um, you know, I can hear it, uh, and I and I read it in, in um, your sort of entry to our awards, you know, you're upbeat, you're positive. How do, how, you know, got two young kids, which is not always the easiest thing, but you, <laughs> when you bowl into people's homes, mm. you know, with your table or whatever you yep. take in, how do you manage to be upbeat and positive? You know, do you have any secrets?
1: Um... You know I think sometimes you've got to fake it till you make it a little bit. I think sometimes you don't feel positive, but it's really important in my job that I am positive. I think it's just a, just a crucial crucial part of of our sessions that I'm that I'm not going in carrying whatever I've come from a bad daycare drop off or whatever it might be. Yeah. But do um, you have
0: a sort of quiet car moment before you go and ring the bell or anything like that?
1: Do you that? know I find this is this is the, the funny thing about the my model of business now it's the driving.
0: Okay. I actually
1: find the being in the car in between sessions and before a session it's my sort of time to your just space. sit and think and yep. there's no distractions, no screens. So that's kind of my I guess my prep time. I mm. get in the get in the zone a bit
0: and you clear your head. Do you and do yeah. you have anything that any tactics that you use to clear your head or you, is it literally just just what you've said?
1: Yeah, I think I'm 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 pretty good at sort of talking myself down from things, I guess. So I don't let things overwhelm me too much. I I'm very kind of practical so i can push things to the side if they're not relevant for now if there's nothing i can do about them so i think probably just yeah a bit of breathing bit of kind of I you know very amateur mindfulness but that right, sort okay. of idea um and just having yeah just having some time on my own that's such a rare thing for me now so mm. i think when i've got that i'm pretty quick to
0: you value it
1: Yeah, that's right. It's interesting. When
0: I record my podcast, I do this from my sort of home office studio, which looks out on the street. Mm. And um, and every now and again, my, my wife will turn up in the car from wherever she's been. And I can see her having a car moment, and occasionally I'll go and say, "Darling, you're going to have to come in eventually. You know, you're going to have to come and face the family at some point." And yeah, just, sometimes
1: you just want to stay in the car. Oh, I've been there. You know.
0: Absolutely. Now I've had a, a look at your uh, Facebook page as well before mm-hmm. before we spoke before we yes before we spoke, um, and I like the way that you do that as well. And it goes back to something you were saying at the beginning where. You post sort of helpful, you put some videos on there, you put some articles. Do you have a strategy for social or how do you, what's your approach to that?
1: um that's definitely a work in progress it's not natural a very natural thing for me but I try to um, I really just try to be guided as much as possible by what I'm seeing in my practice and what I'm seeing a lot of and what I'm, what kind of questions I'm getting frequently. So when something pops into my mind, when someone asks a question and I think, geez, that's the second time I've been asked that or whatever it might be, I just write it down. And then when I've got the time to sit down and do some, you know, some of my email newsletters or my social media stuff, I – I pull up that list and see what might be relevant. So
0: okay, so these are issues that people have said, like, how do I push yeah, a, a primal day without hurting my back, or yeah, or how I do might I, put, yeah, I okay. might
1: just be doing something. You know, particularly with the kids, I might, um, for example, one of my tips was I think I was hanging washing out one day, and I thought I put the basket up high, and I thought. Not many people think to do that. They leave it on the ground mm. and they are going down to the ground and back up and down to the ground. So I thought I just took a photo <laughs> and I thought right. that's relevant. You know, it's practical. It, it applies to a lot of my market. So, yeah, that's kind of – it, I guess it's a bit of a casual approach. But, mm. it's, <laughs> but, it
0: seemed, but it's a genuine approach. And, again, having looked through it, it just, that's what came across. I don't get the sense that here's somebody that thinks, okay, it's 11 in the morning. I've got to post something. It yeah. seems that what you're doing is is really genuine, really helpful, and not at all promotional.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess mm. I think um, I, I've probably read something along along the way. It Might have even been on, on one of the flying solo posts. But oh, it was, I think it's almost definitely. Uh, I'd uh, say it probably was um, uh, about you know just providing information, giving people without any strings attached.
0: Yeah, useful stuff. So.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that really is my approach with social media because, you know, you're positioning yourself as a bit of an expert and all that sort of stuff's mm. important. But I think, um, yeah, often I'll be in a session with someone and they'll ask a question and I'll say, actually, I've just done a post on that. I'll send you the link.
0: Fantastic. So it's just
1: kind of you know keeping things really relevant.
0: Mm. I've also got one other question that um, popped to my mind when you when right at the outset when you were <clears throat> saying how you you know drive to your to your customers mm. and to their homes. How does that work from a sort of financial standpoint? You know, you're presumably sometimes driving. I mean, I guess you have a, a, a you know a distance. Yeah. So you've yep. got drive time there and back. You've got time yep. there. How do you price that?
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, for me, uh, as a kind of a solo practitioner, it works really well. I still, um, I think there's there's not uh, there's a huge variety in what physios charge. Um, so there's I can't even say I'm at the top end of of that. I think I'm I'm still probably at the top end of average. Okay. But I think, um, but I think generally it's it, it will it is posing a bit of a challenge for expanding because okay. obviously um, by the time you pay someone else and take out costs and all that sort of stuff, it, it could be an issue. But in terms of um, you know, my day-to-day, you're, one of the greatest things and I think financially you just can't, you just can't place a, a financial value on it is mm. the flexibility and knowing yep. that you know, if I don't have someone booked in, I can use that time to do something else. I'm not sitting in a clinic thinking, oh, I guess I'll just write another doctor's letter you know it's it's that balance i guess of of flexibility and autonomy, and that for me weighs out really nicely, but financially it does work really well still still for me you know in terms of if comparing it to if I was working for someone else
0: yeah okay so what but what if um i mean you're you're based in pretty well centrally in brisbane
1: so i'm um, i was i okay i it's changed just in the last month, so I was living in Brisbane, so I had a service area covering probably sort of an, an eight to ten kilometer radius right. um so the most I would drive really was probably twenty minutes between appointments okay um but my family and I have recently moved down to the Gold Coast, uh-huh. so I do now do two days in Brisbane. I drive up in the morning, I see a day full of patients I come home at night, and then on a on the other third day i i work on the gold coast so i've sort of mm. i guess in some ways expanded my service area okay. <laughs> to include do, the gold you, coast how's
0: that going do you enjoy that
1: look it was a lifestyle move for us yeah, so okay. we're loving it yeah Good. just being closer to the beach and and you know the drive is is a bit more challenging but i've just got a fantastic support network right. and yep. i think and that's more
0: time on your own in the car so good yeah that's me. right
1: more thinking time <laughs> so where <laughs> do you
0: time. where do you see the, the future of your business you know you say you've got um two very young boys mm. um so obviously you've got a bit of a way to go there before school starts or anything that's right. how yep. do you how do you see you touched there a few moments ago on the notion possibly of of having a, a contractor or somebody else working with yeah. you looking sort of a few years down the track what do you what do you foresee for glow physio
1: look i think i'd like I'd like to try and um find someone this year to to cover some hours in Brisbane I'm sort of getting okay. to the point now where i I could manage that um got enough kind of new inquiry that that I think would work mm. um, i I think I've toed and froed a little bit with it. Do I keep it a really nice small solo business or do I go for it and I think um you know there's there's obviously pros and cons to both, but I think. I'd love to see more women have access to this sort of service. I, I would just love it to to be a greater service area, more appointments available, greater hours, all of that, and that obviously means more people out mm. on the road. It's just obviously the challenges for me are finding the right people who are happy to be in the car and drive to appointments. The the benefits are, you know. Not only the flexibility, but you get a really nice long session with people, and that's something you don't get in a it must clinic. Be,
0: no, it must be very rewarding, rather than it's having very rewarding. Looking yeah. at your watch and thinking, right, my ten, twenty minutes are up. I need the next one. In.
1: Exactly, and you feel mm. you get to the end of the day, you're burnt out. You feel like you haven't done really that great a job with anyone. So I think professionally, it's really satisfying. Um, it's just finding the right person. So that's that's some of my challenges at the moment. But mm. I I would love to see you know in a few years' time there for my area to have, have grown a bit bit more on the north side of Brisbane a bit more on 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 the Gold Coast and um, a few more cars on the road that's what I'd like to see
0: (laughs) so when you talk challenges I don't know why but I don't sense that it's kind of keeping awake at night challenges it's it no. sounds like it's more a, a, an ex, exciting opportunities than perhaps than challenges, is that? I
1: guess so. Yeah, that's sort of how I see mm. most challenges probably. <laughs> that's brilliant. I'm a bit of a problem solver, so I think there's there's got to be a solution. I mean, this is a pretty I guess u- unique business model in some ways for physio. It's not it's not really being done a lot, so mm. I think um, it's just working out and it's not being done on a big scale. Oh, okay. Apart from in um, sort of the aged care sort of sector, so I think um, I think there's just there'll be a solution i 've just got to think through it a bit and get mm. some advice and talk to the right people and someone will
0: someone will pop up yeah that's well it 's right. so true I think when you start to, when you build a really clear picture of who you want you know surprise surprise, that person tends to appear, mm. and I guess we can 't expect them to in, until we do. What about though how will you replicate uh, do you think the Libby O'Sullivan customer service <laughs> ethic?
1: Yeah, that's, that's tricky too. I think that's probably that that first, employing that first person is probably going to be the biggest step because I'm handing over some control and obviously clients have to then form a relationship with someone else and put their trust in someone else. Mm. I think for me, I'm, I, I really um, acknowledge that it's, there's got to be some procedure that's, that's repeatable yeah, it sounds, um, sounds
0: like the Libby O'Sullivan Guide to Customer Service sort of that people have to sit down and um, Yeah, it's a bit, of a, a
1: bit of training probably. Um, yes, okay. I think I'll, I've already started documenting sort of exactly, you know, the ideal ideal consult, what, what that involves, what steps need to be taken, how they treat someone is completely going to be, um, you know, dependent on their training and their experience. But I think the actual process of um, how they greet them, how they get them to fill out the form, how they give them the right information, the welcome pack, and they follow them up properly. All that stuff is going to be, um, I guess, documented and uh, just a procedure that, that I'd like to see followed. So I think that's the mm. sort of that, – that's probably going to give me the best chance of, of um, repeating what I do as much as possible. But there'll be obviously a little bit of variation. <laughs>
0: Well, look, I I just must say that that um, is such a delightful way to sort of close um, a discussion around customer service. And bearing in mind I'm speaking to the person that won the award, I'm sure (laughs) anyone listening will really understand why, because it is such a focus for you. Yeah. And the fact that you're giving it <clears throat> that much thought, uh, I think it's fantastic. So, look, Livia Sullivan, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, before we close, I must just mention again that support for this podcast comes from Sendel, the door-to-door parcel delivery service that's cheaper than the post office. Head to sendle.com forward slash flying solo to get free Sendle premium worth $120 a year and you'll get a dollar off every parcel you send. So, Livia Sullivan, thank you very much. If we want to... Um, Find out more of, of you and your work. We can go to glowfizio.com.au.
1: That's right. Perfect. Okay.
0: And thank you very much again for joining us. That's all, folks. Thanks thank for you listening. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: Bye. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes.